Hey y'all, welcome to Midnight Cry. This is your host, Nico. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope everyone had a wonderful weekend. Um, It has been uh, some kind of weekend for me. Um, I was able to uh, go and release balloons uh, for my mom, who is passed away. Uh, Me and my cousin did that on Saturday. No, on Friday. We went and did that on Friday. And then I actually... um, Started a new job uh, yesterday, uh, Friday night. Friday night, I started a new job. I, I work overnight, y'all. I'm a night owl. That's <laughs> so midnight cry is just the right, uh, the right uh, assignment for me because I'm up through the night anyway. Uh, so yeah, I was able to do that, and um, yeah, to be able to work with children. Um, I was walking up and down the halls. We have to do um, checks, check on them every 15 minutes. And so I'm walking up and down the uh, halls um, last last night, Friday night. And um, I just was like, God, you know, what am I here for? What do you have me here for? We, You don't just have me here for, for nothing. If Is it just to walk these halls and pray every 15 minutes? Like, what is, what am I here for? You know, what's the assignment? What's the assignment? It's not about the, because surely this job isn't about the money. You know, it's, there's an assignment here. And I, and I just want to know what that assignment is. And so, uh, yeah, I haven't gotten an answer yet, but I'm, sh- I'm so sure he will give it to me. <laughs> I'm just grateful, grateful to be in the land of the living, grateful for health and strength, you know. Um, I was diagnosed with um, COVID. COVID. I tested positive for COVID uh, nineteen a couple of weeks ago, about a yeah, a couple, about a month or so ago. And um, praise the Lord, I didn't have any symptoms. Like I had a runny nose and stuff like that. A um, little bit of a cough, but I couldn't. I didn't know if it was from being out celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles or. If it was COVID, you know, I, I didn't know it couldn't tell the difference between the two. But nevertheless, God gets the glory in my life. Um, I'm here and I'm here by the grace of God. It's nothing, 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 nothing I could have done to have uh, ensured that the outcome that I am sitting in today, which is my health and strength, is nothing but the providence of God. And so today I'm just grateful. I'm so, so grateful. Um, tonight we're going to talk about salvation and, um, you know, salvation is so much more. There's so much more to salvation than just, um, receiving Jesus as our Lord and personal savior and, um, being free from the penalty of death, um, and, and, and being placed in right standing with, with our father. Um, there's, there's more that is required of us. And many won't even um, make it to that more, to that more that um, salvation has in store for us. You know, um, we think that salvation is just, um, you know, once you're saved and and and, and that's it. Mm-mm-mm. No, it's not. That's when the journey really begins. That's when the journey really begins. I wish I, I I wish someone had told me had really helped me understand um, what true salvation was when I re- when I received Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. That coming to into salvation meant that if I sinned after this, 
then I would doubt that my sins would be forgiven, but then I would have to um, suffer the penalty for my sin. Do you get what I'm saying? It sounds like hogwash, doesn't it? Sound like I'm just tucking at the side of my neck, doesn't it? But I'm not. But I'm not. I'm really not. And we're going to hit the word and we're going to hear what the word of God says about this very thing. This is in Hebrews 10. I'm going to start at verse 14. For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. So their salvation and then there's sanctif- sanctification. Sanctification in, the, in here, is, in my Bible, it says completed, set apart, that has been set apart. What does it mean to be set apart? Salvation says, um, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. You have now entered into the body of Christ. You have now entered into the family, um, the holy family. So when you come into a family, you 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 learn your family. This ain't just no ordinary family. This is the heavenly family. So you learn what this how this family functions. And as you learn how this family functions, and you begin to apply the principles um, that 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 heaven teaches, um, you move from salvation to sanctification, meaning to being set apart, right? Being set apart, so I'm, um, I come in as, as this newbie. I don't know much, you know. I don't know anything. I just know that I'm grateful that I don't have to, um, suffer the penalty for all the stuff that I've already done, you know. So now I want to learn. I want to learn. I want to be. I want to learn how to not continue to do the things that I've done. I want to learn what it's going to take for me not to keep going back to the same places and doing the same things that I used to do. And so how am I going to accomplish that? How is this how is that, how how is this even possible? The only way that it's possible is by way of the word, right? So I'm sitting down and I begin to to read the word. I begin to hunger and I begin to thirst for righteousness. Ha. Huh. I sit down and I begin to hunger and I begin to thirst for righteousness. Um, I want to be different. I want to be this new creature that you that your word is telling me that I can be. Help me. Help me. Help me. Right. So as I'm continuing on this journey. This quest for truth. I'm continuing on this quest for righteousness. I'm continuing on in building a relationship with he who laid down his life for me. Um, I moved from salvation to sanctification. And for by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Spirit also is a witness to us. For after that, he had said before. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into your to their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. In their sins and iniquities will I remember no more, no more. So once, so it's saying it's a it's a process. Once my laws, once God's laws have been. Um, put in our hearts and written in our minds it says and 
their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Hmm. Okay? So what what's up with these laws? What's up with these laws? Because, you know, how do I know what is pleasing to God if I don't know these laws he's talking about, he's going to write in my mind? Psalm 119 is a very good place to go and um, begin to pray that. Um, because he, if we don't know the laws of the kingdom, we will not inherit the kingdom. Or shall I say the kingdom will not dwell in us? Okay? And, and so when you hear people talk about the kingdom today, uh, I don't know what other people mean when they say the kingdom. But when I say the kingdom, um, I'm talking about the, the principles of God, the laws of God, the ordinances of God, the statutes of God. Um, those are the things that bring in his kingdom. When we do those things, that's what ushers in the kingdom. Nothing else. Nothing else ushers in the kingdom because his kingdom, his kingdom um, is ran by um, his standard, his principles, his ordinances, his rules, his laws, period. Two, there, two kingdoms cannot be, two kingdoms cannot be set up in one place. Either one kingdom has to be set up and the other has to go. Remember when they when when um they were getting ready to crucify Jesus and he said, "My kingdom is no longer of this world, because if it was of this world, my people, my servants would fight for me." Ha. Ah. So 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 now he says, uh, "I've given you salvation." I've written my laws in their hearts and in their minds will I write them in their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what he says. Now, where remission of the, these is, there is no more offering for sin. He says, so now when we get to this sanctification place, when you know what I require of you, and you know what my laws and my precepts and my ordinances are. And you don't walk in them. He says, now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. So once you get here and, 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 and you've been forgiven for your sins and iniquities and they are remembered no more. If you continue on in foolishness, there's no more offering for, your, for our sins. This is the Bible is telling us this. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. So he's saying, and now, that all these things have happened. All these things have happened. You've received remission of sin, your sins and iniquities, and your, your sins and lawlessness have, will be has been remembered no more. You've been given remission of sins. Therefore, there's no more offering for that. I don't want the offerings that, that you can't offer anything for your sins anymore, right? That's what he's saying. He's saying, so, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, being able to go before God and pray and talk to him. By a new and a living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God by way of Jesus is the, is the way into the holy of holies. 
Okay. Let us draw near with a true heart in full, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, with pure water, pure water. It says, look, let us draw near with a true heart. We got to go to God truthfully, honestly. In full assurance of faith, meaning that whatever I go and I lay before the uh, throne of God by faith, in truth and by faith, not with evilness in my heart and not um, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. So that means I have to what first go before the throne of grace in truth. In my heart, in truth, in full assurance of what I'm coming to talk to him about. Asking him to clean my heart from an evil conscience. And our bodies being washed with pure water. What is pure water? The word of God. Because the only way that any of these things in verse 22 of chapter 10 are going to be able to even be accomplished is if the pure water, if, if I have been washed in the pure water of his word. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as many as is the manner of some, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Here we go. 26. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for a judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. Because the way I was taught salvation is that when I come to Jesus, then I'm good. I'm good. Once I come to Jesus, I'm good. I don't have to worry about nothing. Well, no, that's not what this says. It says, for if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. So we look and we see people going through it. I'll use myself as an example. I went through it for years. For years, you hear, do you understand me? And do you know why I went through it for years as a child of God? Because I willfully... After I knew, came to the knowledge of the truth, I willfully sinned against him. And because of that, those sins weren't covered under the blood. I had to face the judgment, the penalty, the consequence of what came with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? The only thing that could not touch me because of the blood of Jesus is death. And that was only because that wasn't the will of God. But the penalty behind it, the judgment behind it, I definitely had to face. What judgment? What judgment? Because we're no longer under the law. What are we judged by? What are we judged by? Okay, here we go. 
An adulterous woman was caught in, uh, there was a woman in the Bible that was caught in the act of adultery, right? She was caught in the very act of adultery, brought before the feet of Jesus. And in the law, it says that they were supposed to stone her to death. Okay. Jesus told them, if any of y'all is without sin, throw this, throw the first stone at her and kill her. Okay. Let's, let's start there. Throw the first stone there and kill her. But he didn't stop there. He told her to go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. That means he was showing right then and there, I have forgiven you. You are forgiven. Don't do that no more. Don't do that no more. Now, when we, if we can, if we do, there's no more, there's no more, there's no more sacrifice for a sin. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment. In fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. Who are the adversaries? Those that oppose God. So I'm saying, I'm, I, I, I receive your son. I'm saying, I receive your son in, 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 in the blood. And I'm, and, I, and I'm appreciative of salvation. And now I don't have to suffer the penalty of death for the things that I do. But the things that, that I know that you told me not to do, I'm going to keep on doing it. And just let your grace cover me. And just let your grace cover me. But he's saying, my grace ain't covering you in that. And, and neither are you forgiven for that. You're going you gonna to have to be dealt with for that. If you know it's wrong. It says, for if, if we willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. That's plain. But a certain fearful, fearful looking for for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Okay? Did y'all hear this? Under Moses' law, remember we was just talking about the law, and I used the lady, uh, the adulterous woman, as an example of God, of Jesus showing what he was doing for us, what he was going to be doing for us once he shed his blood. But he did it for her instantly. He did it for her in that moment. He forgave her of her sins and told her to go and sin no more. But by the law, without the blood, without the propitiation, without the sacrifice, she was supposed to be dead. And she would have been. If he, if God wasn't standing right there, if God wasn't standing right there, she would be dead. Thank God for God. Thank God for Jesus. Uh, it says. Of, of how much more sore punishment. Suppose ye shall he be thought worthy. Who hath trodden underfoot the son of God. And hath counted the blood of the covenant. Wherewith he was sanctified. An unholy thing. And hath done despite unto the spirit of grace. So this is saying right here to us. What makes you think. That if the natural laws of Moses. The people died without mercy. Under two or three witnesses. And people was lying back then too. But, um, but people died. Without mercy. Under two or three witnesses. Okay. Literally. He said, how much more with the blood of the son of God in this, in this covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing 
and hath done despite unto the spirit of God. He said, you think you about to, uh, you think you are going to just trample under the, uh, over the blood of my son, Jesus, my grace, my mercy. And you're just going to keep on doing whatever you want to do. And you think that you're going to receive my kingdom because you receive salvation. How about no? How about no? For we know him that has said, vengeance, belong, vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It says, 31, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But, but I have salvation and I received your son. But call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. Partly whilst you were made a gazing stock both by reproaches and affliction. And partly whilst you became companions of them that were so used. For ye had compassion of me in my bonds. I don't want to go no further. I don't want to go no, I don't want to go no further. I want to stop at it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So that's verse 31. So we started at verse 14, Hebrews 10 verses 14 through 31. I want us to go and read that. And I want us to really understand salvation. I want us to really understand the remission of sins. I really want us to get it. I really want us to get it. I really want us to get it because once if if we think that just because we have received salvation and hasn't done and hasn't allowed the the word of God to do the work in us and we just going about sinning and doing things our own way that because we have professed with our mouth and believed in our heart we shall be saved yeah we are saved we are saved I don't want us to get that twisted because that's what the word of God says right but if we think that the that we're going to inherit his kingdom that his kingdom is going to, uh, 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 we're going to inherit his kingdom. We're not, we're not because the blood of Jesus is precious. The Holy spirit is precious. He is precious. Okay. And he has been given to us as a helper, as a comforter, as a, and he is the spirit of truth. Now, if we reject him, if we reject him, how are we how are we going to inherit the kingdom? Because he is he is the spirit that lives in us, which is the spirit of God that lives in us, that is instructing us and saying, No, don't do this. No, don't do that. Here, let me have that. Here, give me that anger. Here, give me that resentment. Here, give me that unforgiveness. Here, give me that jealousy. Here, give me that covetousness. Here, give me that. Give it here. Surrender that to me. Give me that discontentment. Give me that fear. Give me that rejection. Give me that pain. Give it here. Because if you don't, it's going to hinder you from receiving my kingdom. Give me that bitterness. Give me that strife. Give it here. How do we know that these things live in us? Because when we sit down and we read the word of God, and something in there jumps us or something in there convicts us. 
That means God wants us to, to get that checked real quick. The Holy Spirit is saying to us, check that. Check that. Let, let me have that. I want it. I want it. The Bible tells us, it's a, it's a scripture in it that says, agree with your adversary quickly. Don't we know that the devil is the accuser of the brethren and he is constantly going before God accusing us of, of infractions against what? What is he accusing us against? How is, the, how is the adversary able to go and accuse us before God? What is his allegations against us? God, they ain't doing what your word said. God, they ain't doing it. They are not obeying your word. So when his when he we are in his word and his word is 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 uh, correcting us, he says, "Agree with your adversary quickly before you're given over to the judge and thrown into prison until you have paid for what you done did." Oh my God! Oh my God! Did y'all just hear that? Did y'all understand that? Did y'all understand that? So the adversary is coming before the Lord. Before God, every day, all day, constantly accusing us before God. How? According to his word. And when we don't do things the way the word of God tells us to do it, you can bet your bottom dollar Satan is in his face about concerning us. Okay? And so he's saying, listen, God, his Holy Spirit is going to correct us. Right? He's going to say, listen, I need you to repent from this. I need you. To repent from this, I need you to turn from this, because the adversary is accusing me, accusing you before me. If we do it, if we agree with our adversary quickly, if we can tell the truth and say, "God, that is the truth. That is there. I did it. I'm sorry. I repent. I will not do that again." Then we are forgiven. It's done. It's done, right? But if we continue on doing that very thing. Guess what's going to happen? We're going to be given over to the judge. Who's the judge? God. And we're going to be put in, to, in, 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 in the prison until we pay that, pay that price. I, that, sounds strange. that sounds like strangeness, doesn't it? But that's not. It's not strange at all. When we, when we go into chastisement, it's because we did not heed. We didn't agree with our adversary quickly. We did not agree with our adversary quickly, meaning that I did not agree. I did not come into um, the truth of what my adversary was accusing me of. I just kept trying to slide it away. I just kept trying to put it up under the rug and saying, no, that ain't me. That ain't me. That ain't me. Instead of turning from it so that God could handle it from there. God handled the adversaries. He'll shut the, the mouth of the adversary when we in right standing before him. That's what salvation is. That's what the blood is. That's what being able to go before his throne is about. That's what being becoming sanctified is, is about. You know, we is this thing, y'all, this walk is not, not, not a, 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 a cakewalk. It is not, not, not. A walk that, that we don't have to do just what Jesus said and pick up our cross and follow him daily. It's not. It is not. 
it is a it is a daily a daily occurrence have you ever seen somebody with a beautiful garden have you ever seen somebody with a beautiful garden and they're always out in the garden always out in the garden clipping trimming smelling admiring the garden well our hearts are like a garden and the Holy Spirit is the gardener and he's always in there tilling he's always in there trimming he's always in there pruning He's always in there admiring and smelling. If we are sweet or a smelling aroma. Do you understand what I'm saying? But if the Holy if we don't if we continue if we don't want the the gardener in our hearts tilling and trimming and and cutting, guess what? The Holy Spirit's not going to. He's not going to. See, he's not going to force anything on us. He's not going to force us to do to do right. He ain't going to force us to give lay our burdens down and not pick them up. He's not going to do that. Yeah, we all done seen him falling short of the glory of God. I can tell you one thing. It says to hunger and when the Bible says to hunger and thirst for righteousness, he ain't talking about hungering and thirsting and going there and becoming self-righteous because to hunger and thirst for righteousness is to know that my right, my righteousness is as filthy rags to hunger and thirst for righteousness is to say Jesus is the righteous one and I need to be in him and he in me. So that I can abide with he and the father for eternity. See. Salvation is more than just. More than just a confession of our faith in Jesus Christ. It is it is a, a journey. To perfection. It is a journey. To perfection. But we can't be perfect. But the Bible says. Be ye holy for he is holy. And be ye perfect for he is perfect. Talking about. Abba. So. If it's impossible to be done. It wouldn't say to do it. But the but these but these things cannot happen. These very words that are written um, do not go into, are not activated without faith. Faith in Jesus, knowing that that the Jesus that I profess with my mouth and be, that I believe in my heart and profess in my mouth is the Son of God. That that same Jesus is he that will enable me to, to be like him.
So I study him. You know how, um, this is true, y'all. People actually study other people to be like them. They will emulate them to a T. They will watch them. They'll watch their movements. They'll watch their dialect. They'll watch their whole everything. And they will copy them. P humans do this to each other. They'll try to dress like them. They'll try to speak like them. They'll try to talk like them. They'll try to do everything like them. So just imagine if we took that same energy, that same time, and sat down. And got in the Gospels and studied Jesus. Jesus. And studied Jesus. Because who our teacher is. Is who we will be like. Who our teacher is. Is who we will think like. Who our teacher is. Is who we will resemble. Reflect. I had a teacher in fifth grade. Her name was Ms. Durant. And I had got kicked out of the school, the elementary school that I went to that I was supposed to graduate from. That was the year that uh fifth grade was that sixth grade was converting into junior high. They were putting sixth graders into junior high and I was going into the sixth grade the next year. And so um I had been to school um, with my friends for years and so I, but I didn't get to graduate with them I had got kicked out for throwing a, a desk at my teacher um for yeah for throwing a desk at my teacher I had got kicked out so I had to go to another school so you know your reputation will precede you I don't care I don't care it's going to precede you all right so I get to Miss Durant's class and she had me pegged, you know, but I'm going to tell you what Miss Durant did. This is what she did. She said, Shania, she said, I know, I know. I heard about what you did to your last teacher. She said, I don't know what caused you to do that to her, but please don't ever throw a desk at me. <laughs> and I started laughing and she was a big woman too. I said, Miss Durant, I won't throw a desk at you. She was like, I know you won't, but, but what she did, what she taught me, I'm bring, I'm bringing her up because what she taught me was, um, what grace looked like. She taught me what, um, seeing the gift in, in me and looking past the fact that I didn't want, I was guarded and I was shielded and I was, um, overly protected. She looked past that and she saw the potential in me and she pulled it out. And I excelled. I was on the honor roll that year and went on in the sixth grade with, you know, ready for school. But, um, but our teachers, so now when I see other kids like myself, I, I, that's what I was getting at. When I see other children, thank you, Holy Ghost. When I see other children like myself, I give them grace. Do you understand what I'm saying? So our the te our teachers who we uh, uh, our, our teachers are who we mimic, you know. And so I think if we took the time to study our teacher, uh, King Jesus, we would begin to think like him and speak like him and walk like him and have his mind and have his heart and. 
have his love, you know? And so uh, salvation is more than just a profession of faith in Jesus. It's more. And I say the Gospels because Jesus is our example. He's our king. He is the son of God. And because of him, we are now sons of God too. So be that we are. So the reason why I said the Gospels is because the Gospels entail. He talked so much about the law. He, but more than he talked about the law, he displayed how the law is to be walked out and not just talked, not just religiously done. The, 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 the feast, not just religiously done. The, 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 the care for others, not just religiously done. Actually, they didn't even have, they didn't care nothing about nobody else but themselves. But Jesus cared about the people, you know. And uh, we would do well. We would do well to sit at the feet of King Jesus and learn of him. And we can do it. All we got to do is just read the Gospels and understand what he died, why he died, and why he laid down his life, not died, why he laid down his life. He said, I come to give you life and that more abundantly. And, and, and the more abundantly is not stuff. Hallelujah. Amen. The more abundantly is not stuff, but the more abundantly is to, to come into that rest in Christ, to come into that rest of, of the Father. You know, what does that mean? It means to set aside your own agenda. And to rest in the agenda of God. Meaning that in all things, every step that I make, I don't care if it's I want to go to the store and give me a soda. God, is it okay for me to go to the store and give me a soda? Because I'm resting on doing things my way. I'm resting on even thinking on my own. Oh, yeah. That's rest. That's rest. So he came, he came so that we could have life in that more abundantly. Jesus, he, he, he didn't do anything that God didn't want him to do. Period. That's, that's rest. That's rest. He was so thoroughly convinced that God is, that God would never leave him or forsake him. That even on the cross and it seemed, and it appeared as though God hated him. That he, he knew that God loved him. You know, that God was with him. That because of his obedience to God, not only would he secure the right hand of God, but that he would free those that would come to believe in him. Who the Son sets free, y'all, is free indeed. We're no longer bound to sin. We're no longer bound by sin. We don't have to sin. You know why? The word tells us to, to, to resist the devil and he will flee. Well, how do I resist? I call on God. I call on the Holy Spirit's aid to help me. 
And as soon as I call on the name of Jesus, help me, Jesus, not sin against you. Guess what the enemy got to do? Flee. I believe that's it. I believe that's it. Yep. Well, I love y'all. God loves y'all so much more. Be blessed. <laughs>